Hello, lovelies. Welcome to year three of Lessons from the Universe with Jennifer Hall. If you're new to the show, please remember, back it up and see what you've been missing. Those of you who love it already, remember, I need you. I need you to like, to share, review, subscribe, and maybe even consider clicking that patron button. Let's grow our community so that we can grow and learn together. I am about to get on my soapbox. (laughs) I have more people resist the next step on their spiritual path because they have a devoted spiritual practice. Now, let's be clear. Spiritual practice is very important. But there is a difference between a spiritual practice and a spiritual existence. You may know people who have very loyal, consistent, beautiful, seemingly enviable spiritual practice. Maybe they meditate every day, they go to yoga, they do whatever, right? But spiritual practice in and of itself is quite limited. It is within a certain period of time, right? The length of the class or the length of the meditation or while they're reading their, you know, affirmation chapter or whatever for the day. These things are great and we should all aspire to have a great spiritual practice. But this is very different. Well, maybe not very different, but certainly not the same (laughs) as a spiritual existence. We should be striving for a spiritual existence. And making clear with ourselves that there is a hypocrisy to allowing ourselves to think that 20 minutes, even an hour of meditation is the equivalent to a spiritual life, to a 24-7 existence within the flow of life. I've been thinking a lot about this, and it's come up quite a few times lately. Not to go all the way back and have another conversation about hypocrites, which, you know, those of you who have been with me a while know that we have an episode all about being a hypocrite. I can't call it true hypocrisy, except for those people who think that they are better than everybody else because they have a loyal, thriving spiritual practice. You cannot call it a spiritual life if it is within the confines of whatever your spiritual activity is. And the rest of the time, all day, every day, you're sleepwalking like every other jerk in town. (laughs) I mean, no offense to the sleepwalkers, right? Some people are sleepwalking and it is the best that they can do. They are walking through this life being guided by humanness. If that is the best they can do, great. But there is not one person listening to my voice right now that is not capable of more. It is completely within the realms of my faith without a waiver that no one has gotten this far, even three minutes in, that no one even clicked play without being capable of more. 
as I was thinking about this today, a quote <laughs> came to mind as it tends to uh, for me. There is um, this dude, Carl Albrecht. Carl, forgive me if I mispronounce your name, and maybe I shouldn't call him a dude because he has a PhD, and not that having a PhD excludes you from being a dude, but you know, let's give credit where credit is due. That's a lot of time, a lot of work, <laughs> right? So Carl has said a lot of smart things, many about business, and before anybody complains to me, I'm sure he said a lot of dumb things too. One of the things that he said, and granted it was you know, taken, now I'm taking part of it out of context. It was about within the context of business, but I say, you know, flow and grow. (laughs) He said, we need organizations, and I'm going to say people, that are culturally equipped to adapt. They must have internal processes that are creative, generative, and productive, rather than controlled, confining, and normative. In short, we must unshackle the human brain and exploit its productive potential. Hell yes. (laughs) Why are we so limited in our thinking? Why are there people trapped within the idea that my spiritual connection, wisdom, input, and reception can only be during my spiritual practice? No. The brain is the bypass, the, that's probably the wrong word, the connector, (laughs) okay? Spiritual input through the crown of the head comes right through that brain, the house of your third eye, to be utilized in your human experience all day, every day. Yeah, smart dude, (laughs) right? He also said, The typical human life seems to be quite unplanned, undirected, unlived, and unsavored. Only those who consciously think about the adventure of living as a matter of making choices among options, which they have found out for themselves, ever establish real self-control and live their lives fully. Okay, Carl. That's pretty deep. Right? So I'm thinking about, you know, I remember this unshackle the brain quote, right? It pops into my head as I'm realizing today I'm going to push you towards a spiritual existence. And I decided, you know what? Maybe this dude has some smart stuff to say about spirituality. Let's check him out a little bit. And uh, those of you who know me very long know I go down, I call them wormholes, right? Spirit gives me this spark of idea and then I go digging and see where it takes me. So then I found the second quote that I read you, and I thought, that's pretty cool. I like this, right? And it's true. Most people have these unplanned, undirected, unlived, unsavored lives. They are sleepwalking. So I decided, I wonder what he says about spirituality. And I found something interesting. He listed seven principles, seven things he calls spiritual strategies. And his claim is essentially that they are the only seven things that you need in order to live a good life. And as I read them, I cannot say that I disagree. The first is gratitude. 
Now, gratitude, that seems pretty self-explanatory, right? But again, if you've been listening very long, you know that I like to really talk about what words mean because we make a lot of assumptions about what words mean. And sometimes it's wrong or it's not deep enough, right? So what is gratitude? It is appreciation, right? But it's a little bit more than that. It is appreciation with the desire to return kindness. Hmm. That's different. That's deeper. Appreciation with the desire to return kindness. Not out of guilt. Not out of shame. Not out of requirement or expectation out of desire. The word is desire. The second is humility. Now, humility is grossly misunderstood. And if you look at simple definitions, it's only going to feed that unless you dig deeper into those. The best definition of humility to really get us to the essence of what it is Humility is teachability. Yes, it is knowing our strengths and our weaknesses and recognizing that everybody else has theirs, but ours and theirs are not the same. There is a quote. I want to say it's from the Bible, but don't quote me on that. (laughs) Basically says that we glean the greatest wisdom from beggars and thieves. Yeah, I mean, that's a metaphor, not literally beggars and thieves, so it can be. What it's saying is that we should be teachable all day, every day. It doesn't matter if you're this PhD and you're talking to someone who didn't finish high school or to a child or whoever. We should be teachable all day, every day. Everyone has the ability to teach us and Everyone, every situation is part of our earthly curriculum. I will say this fact is perhaps the single most important key to living a spiritual existence. To realize that everything, all day, every day, all the time, is about getting you closer to the truth about who you are. It doesn't matter if they're flawed. It doesn't matter if they're wrong. It doesn't matter if it sucks. If you wrecked your flipping car, it doesn't matter what it was. Don't humanize it. Ask yourself, what do I learn and how do I grow? Be teachable. And also be number three, be optimistic. Optimism is what Carl listed as the third principle, the third spiritual strategy. It means to be hopeful and confident that there will be a successful outcome. Hopeful and confident that there will be a successful outcome. I am going to add to that with non-attachment. We have to be clear that we will learn and we will grow, that the outcome will be successful even if it's not what we personally, humanly, sometimes quite naively, had hoped it would be. 
that it will be our highest good, that we will learn and we will grow and we will be one step closer to that better, more beautiful life. Yes, be teachable, be hopeful, be confident. So I'm reading this and so far I'm like, hey, dude's pretty smart. (laughs) The next one he lists is generosity. Now, this is one that I immediately sort of get red flags towards, right? In fact, we're trying to teach my son right now not to be overly generous. He wants to give away everything that he has. He wants to take every penny he has and buy someone else lunch or do whatever. And we're trying to teach him where you can focus that kind of energy, why you shouldn't give all your toys to other kids whose parents are capable of giving them toys and things like that, right? And so I decide, let's find out what is the origin of the root generosity. And so thank you, Google, uh, origin of generosity. Turns out the Latin origin is the word (laughs) magnanimous. Okay, magnanimous. So what does that mean? The definition of magnanimous is generous or forgiving, especially towards a rival or someone less powerful than yourself. Great. Great. So again, in many ways, a number, well, a whole nother way of being humble, right? Teachable. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to give more than is necessary or expected of either my money or my time or my thoughts and my kindness. Which, of course, leads us directly into forgiveness, and forgiveness is a big one. Those of you who've been following this past week, thank you, Podbean, for this wonderful feature that you have given me. We've been rebooting old episodes, and we literally just rebooted the one about forgiveness a couple of days ago. If you missed it, and forgiveness is a hot-button topic for you, I suggest you go back and listen to it. Because forgiveness is freedom, right? Forgiveness is a shift in thinking. It's a choice. There is a a rabbi, uh, Rabbi Elon, I believe, maybe pronouncing his name wrong, uh, I-L-A-N. I came across a letter he had written to someone who had written to him. (laughs) And I'm going to share with you what he said. He said, don't forgive them for them. Although if they ask, please do. I would say try. Forgive them because you deserve to not be weighed down by this pain. Forgive them because you don't want to be defined by the pain you carry. Yes, if you are going to have a spiritual existence, you cannot walk around carrying your pain like a rock in your chest or a pack on your back, a weight tied around your neck. Yes, we hurt. Yes, things suck. Sometimes, sometimes things suck. But if we are teachable, if we are optimistic, We will move through these experiences. Emily Cady, 
If you recognize that name, it's because I've I've told you about Emily Cady before. She wrote a book, goodness, almost 100 years ago called Lessons in Truth. And it's for some people difficult to read because it is written like somebody who wrote a book 100 years ago. But she was one of the founders of early metaphysics. And she described forgiveness this way. She said, to forgive does not simply mean to arrive at a place of indifference to those who do personal injury to us. It means far more than this. To forgive is to give for. To give some actual defined good in return for evil given. Now, let's be clear. Evil you know, okay, so badness, uh, ugliness, unfairness, sometimes even violence, <laughs> okay? I'm not thinking evil like, ooh, demons, okay? That's not where we're going here. But to give some actual good in return, to bless them, to pray for them, that hopefully they learn and grow, even if it's far away from you, right? To forgive, to shift our thinking towards, again, What did I learn and how did I grow? And optimism for the idea that the positive, successful outcome will arrive and that all of this is our education all day, every day. That we learn due to this brilliant calm that it gives us when we focus on life in this way, when it gives us this calm where we can hear. We can hear what some people call their conscience their spirit guide, their guardian angel, their intuition. There are hundreds of names for that still small voice within that is accessible when we live a spiritual existence all day, every day. People touch it in their meditation, but they forget that with the right attitude, with the right intention, which happens to be number six, We can carry that all day, every day. Now, to be fair, Carl is a businessman. And when he's talking about intention, he largely means having a plan, an aim, making a choice. This is my goal. This is what I will go for, go after. That's good. We need to do that. We live in a human world and we must have both a human and a spiritual experience side by side, together and joined, much like the two sides of a yin-yang. Think about a yin-yang for a minute, right? The two sides, the white side and the black side, they are not blended together. They are side by side and they match each other just perfectly. And what's even more brilliant is each one pokes through the other in its totality, those little dots right? So that when we are being too human, when we have left our spiritual practice back on the living room floor, our spiritual nature can push through our human nature and say, wait, take a breath, be grateful, be humble, be optimistic, be generous, listen to that still small voice, learn and grow and enjoy. And the other side too, when we're being too spiritual, which we can do when we are not saying no, when we are not having boundaries, when we're seeing the good in someone to the point that it has become our detriment. Our humanness can pop up through like that little black circle on the white side of the yin yang and say, Hey, you're sweet as you can be, but this guy's proven again and again that he's an asshole. 
We need both sides, guys. Side by side. And we live our life with intention. The Latin origin of intention means stretching and purpose. Roll that around in your head for a minute. Stretching and purpose. Stretching yourself towards your goals. I love this. Stretch yourself outside of your comfort zone. Look for the lesson where you want to be angry. Find that generous heart, that ability to give love in the face of ugliness. There's freedom here. Now, to be clear, this is love and forgiveness in intention, in thought, in energy. It does not mean I am telling you to go hang out with some asshole that treats you bad. Don't do that. In fact, I'm going to argue quite the opposite. We should surround ourselves with people that enrich our spiritual experience. This may not be capable, (laughs) this may not be possible 24-7 because we have jobs and things and we get exposed to people that we have no choice but to sit by for some period of time. But we do have a choice how we interact with them. We do have a choice if we spend more time with them than we have to. And we do have the ability to have personal boundaries that should never be pushed. Unless we're pushing them for ourselves. Because we're pushing ourselves into some place that is better and brighter and more whole. To put a very pointed spiritual head on this idea of intention. It is walking this world with the intention of checking in on our intuition. Our spiritual guidance. Our inner balance right? The part of us that knows what is right for us and what is not, what is true and what is not, that holds us to true thoughts and intentions and ideas. When we walk around with that intention and we add it to number seven, which is expectation, then we can live that spiritual life, that spiritual existence all day, every day. So many people sit in their meditation expecting that moment of peace to very quickly end. No. If you're meditating and you touch that peace, remind yourself right then, oh, there's normal. I like normal. Normal is good. This is me all day, every day. And if you don't have time to meditate... Do not think that absence of an elaborate spiritual practice will keep you from a spiritual existence. You can be in a state of what I call walking meditation all the time. That means constant awareness that there is a greater something than just you and that you can tap into that anytime, anywhere that you can appreciate what a magnificent achievement it is that your spirit, your soul, your higher self, that chunk of God, of the universe, higher power, whatever you want to call it, could be anywhere doing anything and it has chosen to have this human experience right here, right now, in this body where you happen to be sitting listening to my voice. That awareness, beloved, is a spiritual existence. That awareness cultivated into an all-day, everyday affair with life. And so we expect it. 
expectation. The Latin means awaiting. It is a strong belief that something will happen, is happening, or knowing that it should be and aligning ourselves to it. It is anticipation. And anticipation is the force behind manifestation. Even if you don't see it, even if the evidence isn't there yet, it is that deep knowing and belief that the seed has been planted. And before you know it, there will be flowers. When you plant seeds, you don't expect to blink and have the whole plant. You anticipate it. You nurture it. You care for it. And then one day, it blooms. And you are in awe and appreciation. And yet, there's no surprise. Only gratitude. Your spiritual existence starts today. If you can't say with 100% certainty that you have been walking this earth in your spiritual faith all day, every day, in your awareness of who you are and why you're here, then claim it with me. My spiritual existence starts today. My spiritual existence starts today. And please, honor your practice. If you have one, if you're good at it, I am not saying let it go. I am not saying that it is anything less than useful and perhaps even inspiring. But remember, the goal is all day, every day. All day. Every day. I can feel the love growing. I can feel the energy growing just as I speak these words into the air. Imagine how much power and strength we add to the pureness and the goodness in the world just by holding these thoughts together. Make this your goal this week, beloved. Think about it. All day, every day. Put a sticky note on your dashboard. Put a reminder in your phone. Do whatever you need to do to transform your human life into a spiritual existence. I believe in you. And in me. <laughs> Until next time, beloved, namaste. Hi, my name is Connie, and I wanted to tell you a little bit of my experience and uh, my relationship with Jennifer. Um, when I first met Jennifer, uh, it was a very emotional and um, intense meeting. That day when I had walked in the door, I could feel this charge of uh, emotion and care and kindness it was nothing short of amazing also that day I received something that I never thought I would ever ever get it changed my life 
literally, or that day when I left, I was a changed person. I had a new outlook on life. I was happier. I felt lighter. It was something I will always be grateful for. Since then, our relationship has changed. It's become one of the most incredible I'm fighting for the words because I don't know if I can find the words that are big enough to express how much it means to me. You know, excuse me, I'm getting a little verklempt. Um, the things that I've learned about myself, about the world around me, about my spirituality has been priceless. And the level of gratitude I have in regards to that is just immeasurable. I don't know how I would go on if, if this relationship wasn't in my life, but I know that I've learned so much that I would be able to go on, so I'm grateful for that too. I became a patron of the podcast because it gave me the opportunity to support and nurture something that nurtures my spirituality and me growing as a person and becoming my best self. I'll always be grateful for it. It'll, it'll continue to go with me throughout the course of the rest of my life. There's so much love that is put into this and supporting its growth will benefit this world. Namaste. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today for this episode of Lessons from the Universe with Jennifer Hall. It is my privilege to have your ear and your time. Come out, find me on social media, visit one of my seminars, book an educational session. However it is that I can support you, I'm here. Remember, beloved, there's a little brunette with a podcast who's got your back.